Greetings! We are the Retro Reductopus Cephalopodcast, the bi-weekly show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. He's right. We wax philosophic about lots of geeky crap like old video games and movies, toys, cartoons, I don't know, help me out here. Music. Pants. Quoting video games that don't have dialogues. Shabibans. Tasty news. Unnecessarily long Japanese onomatopoeia. Butt breathers. Uncomfortable nature facts. Or how to install a samoplange. And unlike all those other podcasts, we at Retroidocubus have an exciting rotating host schedule. Do we? We sure do. So, if you didn't like the guy flapping his gums this week, like me, worry not, gentle listener. Next week, we'll have a whole new host. A problem. Hey, they might still suck, but they'll suck differently. And you know what's really cool? Retroidocubus is part of the Dorkening and Inebriar podcast networks with new episodes every Tentacle Tuesday. Which is like every other Tuesday. We named it. Anyways, you can listen to us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or any podcast player cool enough to carry the only show that celebrates all things that make growing up awesome. You are interrupting my work. Your work. The work. The evil of Frankenstein. The evil of a man who created a monster by crude surgery and harnessed the tempestuous forces of nature to give it life. The evil of Frankenstein unleashed a monster that terrorized the whole community. Peter Cushing as the Baron, and Peter Woodthorpe as the ruthless Professor Zoltan, who fought the Baron for control of the monster. Oh, he'll understand you, all right. He just won't obey you. That's all. Duncan Lamont as the chief of police. Katie Wilde and Sandarells as two young people caught up in the evil of Frankenstein. <laughs> Welcome to another exciting episode of Boobs, Blood, and Badasses, the Hammer Horror Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Chris. 
And I'm your co-host, Ro Lorne. And tonight, on this episode, we are discussing the 1964 film, The Evil of Frankenstein, starring Peter Cushing once again. <laughs> this movie has such a disconnect with the other two films. Oh my god, it does. It feels like it's kind of its own continuity, because of like, oh, it's my original monster! Um, no? Not even close? Yeah, it's like, uh, about halfway through, I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> okay, repeat that last part again. Yeah, about halfway through, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Right, 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 right. And so, as we begin, as always, Ro has the plot synopsis for us for I... The Evil of Frankenstein. <laughs> the Evil of Frankenstein, released May 8th, 1964, directed by Freddie Francis. Our first film today, or I mean, our film today is a continuation from our last film, Revenge of Frankenstein. Sort of. <laughs> and I use that loosely. <laughs> It begins with a crying couple leaving a cabin in the woods, and inside it, a man's body has been laid out. A body snatcher, Tony Arpino, steals the body, but is observed by a young girl, who then runs off screaming into the woods, where she bumps into Baron Frankenstein, Peter Cushing. The Baron and the thief take the body to his laboratory, where Frankenstein cuts out the dead man's heart and places it in a tank. A priest, James Maxwell, takes the young girl with him to identify the body snatcher to locate the residence of Frankenstein. Frankenstein and his, his assistant Hans, Sander Ellie, start the laboratory equipment, which is connected to the heart. As it generates electricity, the heart starts to beat. The priest bursts in and starts to destroy the equipment. Frank decides, or Frankenstein decides to relocate with Hans back to his village of Karlstad and his castle, which has been neglected and ransacked. The Baron explains to Hans he is researching the life force within people and he has now or he has once harnessed the electrical force of a storm to generate enough power to bring a creation to life. Frankenstein explains to Hans he is researching the life force within people and how he once harnessed, harnessed the electrical force of a storm to generate enough power to bring a creation to life. In a flashback, Frankenstein is see, seen bringing the heavily bandaged creature, Kiwi Kingston, to life. He spends his time observing the creature's behavior in his laboratory. One morning, when he awakens, the creature has escaped. A police officer, Duncan Lamont, and some villagers chase them and shoot the creature as it tries to escape. The Baron is arrested and forced to leave the village. Frankenstein and Hans go into Karlstad, where there is a carnival taking place, and they are able to move freely wearing masks so he won't be recognized. In a bar, Frankenstein sees the burgomaster, David Hutchinson, and the police officer who shot the creature, who is now the police chief of police. The Baron sees the burgomaster is wearing his ring, and starts to make a scene, causing the police to recognize him. They escape to a tent where Zoltan, Peter Woodthorpe, the hypnotist, is performing his show. He enlists the help of Frankenstein and Hans as volunteers, but the police come in and break up the show, claiming Zoltan does not have a license to perform. Frankenstein flees and forces his way into the Burgermaster's house and accuses him of stealing the Baron or stealing his belongings. The police chief arrives to arrest Frankenstein, but the but he escapes out of the bedroom window. Upon escaping, he meets up with Hans, and they leave to the mountains, since it's the only place they'll be safe. 
a young deaf beggar woman, Katie Wilde, sees them and takes takes them to a cave where they can escape from a storm. In a part of the cave, Frankenstein finds the body of the creature preserved in ice. They thaw it out and carry it back to the castle and the beggar girl goes with them. They prepare the laboratory equipment to revive the creature. The storm intensifies and they switch on the electrical power to give life back to him. However, the creature is unresponsible or unresponsive. The Baron believes his brain was damaged when it was shot, so he asks the hypnotist Sultan for help. Sultan is preparing to leave Karlstad, but Frankenstein convinces him to come to the castle to try to hypnotize the creature to start up his brain. When Sultan manages to wake up the creature, it attacks them and they must subdue it with chloroform. Frankenstein wants to continue his research on the creature, but Zoltan wants to put it in a show. He demonstrates that the creature will not obey Frankenstein, and it will only obey him. So Zoltan wants a partnership with Frankenstein and Hans, to which he has no choice but to agree. Zoltan commands the creature to go into the village at night to steal gold for him. The creature returns with several gold ornaments, but was seen by a villager who reports it to the police. Zoltan then commands him to punish the burgomaster and the chief of police. The creature breaks into his house and then beats him to death, and then it goes to the police station and kills a police officer. When the creature returns and Zoltan sees the blood on its hands, he says he did not mean for him to kill them. He tries to make his escape with the gold, but is caught and thrown out of the castle, and threatens to kill Frankenstein. The beggar girl tends to the creature's wounds, and Zoltan commands the creature to let him back in. This creature attacks Frankenstein with a metal stake, but he repels it with fire from an oil lamp. When Zoltan, where Zoltan commands it to go back, the creature kills him with the metal stake instead. The police arrive and arrest Frankenstein for the murders of Zoltan, the burgomaster, and the policeman. The girl and the creature escape back to the mountain cave followed by Hans, who brings them back to the castle once everyone has left. While Frankenstein is in a cell, the villagers group together to hunt down the creature. The Baron escapes by knocking out the guard with the chloroform and rushes back to his castle. The girl gives the creature some wine, sending it into a rage. It staggers around the laboratory, destroying the equipment. Fire breaks out, and, the, and Frankenstein barricades the door to stop him from escaping, trapping himself inside with it. As the beggar girl and Hans run away from the castle, it explodes, and Hans remarks that the villagers have finally won. So, I had to look up. This is not the same actor who played Hans in the last movie, and they talk about, oh, your greatest creation. Frankenstein is the greatest creation, then, because he was turned into the monster at the end of the end of Revenge of Frankenstein. Right. He had a cool monocle and a mustache after being turned into a creature. And he <laughs> was perfectly normal and fine. In fact, he should still be that same creature. This is supposed to be Hans, but played by a different actor, and that's totally fine. Then what? It just oh, then, yeah. then they do the, like the flashback with like, oh, I created this other creature, and he got like shot, and then fell into the drink, and we, you know, and then of course the the deaf girl finds Captain America frozen, um, <laughs> which by the way, the Avengers number four was published a year prior to this movie coming out. Oh, wow. Which is the issue the Avengers are swimming around in the sea in a submarine, and they find a frozen block of ice that the uh, that the uh, the Eskimo people were worshipping. 
And the Submariner is like pissed at them because he can't find Atlantis, and he's just like, stupid Eskimo people worshiping a block of ice, and he throws it into the water, not realizing, hey, by the way, I, I, I think I fought World War II with that guy. I just threw it to the ice. Um, and then the Avengers find the block of ice and are just like, hey, there's a dude in this block of ice. This man is alive. Oh my god, it's Captain America. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, that was like a big deal because Captain America had been out of comics for like 20 years at that point yeah. when that happened. Yeah. And when Stan and Jack were just like, hey, you know what we're going to do? And issue number four. And and issue number four is is still a, uh, is a modern day Captain America. The first Avenger movie. Not the yeah, first Avenger yeah. movie. The the Avengers, the original, the the very first Avenger film. Yeah. When they when he's like punching the bag, he's having flashbacks, and uh, one of the flashbacks, which doesn't make any sense, because how can you have a flashback from someone else's point of view? <laughs> this man is a stu- this man is alive, and it's like, why is Steve having somebody else's flashback? <laughs> <laughs> Even though he's supposed to be unconscious, whatever. Back to the movie at hand. <laughs> So yeah. I have, well, boy, do I have notes for this for this, uh, um, for this too, movie. Man. Yeah, this is. Uh, <laughs> so this is, by the way, available on Blu-ray from Scream Factory, and we'll get to the bonus material behind it later on. Um, it opens up with a very nice cabin in the woods, very gothic looking. As a couple who's unfortunately mourning the death of their son, a character who is just called Drunk. That's his only name to his credit in the movie. Sorry, he has an IMDb credit. The Drunk then steals. This poor man's body, Howard Gorney, 1921 yes. to 2007 is when he lived. He was in, did you know Bedazzled was a remake? No. The one with Brendan Fraser? Yeah. It's a remake Uh-oh. of another movie, same plot line. Dude is enticed by hot babe who happens to be the devil. I hate it when that happens. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fiddler on the Roof he was also in, and uh, The Last Days of Pompeii, which I didn't know was a TV series. <laughs> uh, I know they made that movie, and there's that episode of Doctor Who. That's my only media exposure to uh, Pompeii. But yeah, he plays drunk in the movie. Beggar Girl is the blind woman that we meet, played by Katie Wilde. She is uh, throughout the movie and doesn't really add much to the plot line, other no. than being, you know, a hammer girl. She's no name. No. <laughs> and she can't, she doesn't have any lines, so I don't know why she doesn't have any lines. Um, well, I think she's deaf. Or mute, well, one of those two. Yes, but I mean, why? Why did they? Make like, her, why did they make her deaf? Right, like, what was the reasoning behind that? Yeah, I have no idea. It it was awful. Yeah, that, it was like awful. <laughs> she was also in. They came from beyond, and uh, the uh, speaking of the Avengers, the original Avengers television series, the the uh, the British one. Oh, cool! It appears as though the evil Frankenstein is her only Hammer film credit. She's got a cool name, Katie Wilde. Um, tried looking her up on uh, Google to see what she looked like without all the makeup on and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, all I kept coming up was with like other people named Katie Wilde. It's a pretty common like stage name, oh, porn yeah. star name, uh, burlesque dancer name. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. I'm wondering if her hair was like a wig because it looks ridiculous it it is because in other photos she has um what looks like uh brown hair uh very beautiful in a lot of her other photos okay um, so it's like, what is happening 
there's like two attempts at making a monster in this movie because we have the prologue in the beginning. The uh, the priest comes along, finds out what they're doing, and then they decide they run out of town and they go to the uh, the new town where his old castle used to be. And that's when he relays the flashback about the original creature. Which again, when I read that in the description, I'm thinking. Well, Christopher Lee's not in the credits, so it's not him. Wait, what? Is, is there is there another creature before the one he created in The Curse? Well, that's what I was trying to figure out. So what I did, I was like, okay, I need to go back and look at my notes. Because, like, my thought was, okay, first of all, is he in the same clothes from Curse of Frankenstein? And then I was like, is this supposed to be the lead up to his execution? And he's in a very similar outfit in Curse of Frankenstein. He has that little... Um, that little necktie and that same kind of shirt, but he has a coat on. But I, I feel like that scene was really similar, and I was like, okay, is this supposed to be like the same, the same scene? And I figured that maybe to get around Christopher Lee, they just weren't going to show his face. And she's like, oh yeah, I had that creature one time, and then it got destroyed. But they, they, it's just a completely different dude, and apparently. He got kicked out of this town. He got exiled from this town, but not sentenced to be hanged. I don't know. I don't know. It made no sense. Redhead, I was like, <laughs> the redhead beggar girl, she gets uh, she gets picked on by the town folk and all of her food or money or whatever it is um, taken away from her. So those guys are a bunch of jerks. Unfortunately, the creature doesn't kill any of them, so that's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand why that happens at all. <laughs> I do love the fact that the uh, Frankenstein says, uh, or Hans says to Frankenstein, you were right, as always. And, and uh, Frankenstein says, not always, but frequently I am right. because my Oh, ego. yeah, I love that, too. <laughs> the, now, the title of the movie is The Evil of Frankenstein. I don't see a lot of evil in this movie. It's like Frankenstein is not the bad guy as much as he was in the other films with his killing and doing things he's not supposed to be doing of course you know bringing the dead back to life is not something you're supposed to be doing but compared to i don't know raping a woman in another film coming up that he's gonna pull off that there's there's no evil in this movie of frankenstein unless you count the monster being evil it's mostly zoltan the um the 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 hypnotist that they go see at the fair while they're wearing the uh the masks at the uh masquerade yeah for once he's not like being super shady he's just like oh and his whole mo completely changed she's like yeah i'm just trying to do science now and i just uh, I want to figure out the life in man. I'm like, no, bitch. You wanted to create the perfect person. What happened to that? This was about like your own personal gain, but now it's about worldly gain. I, the, he, his character totally changed. What he but, creates, yeah, a- I would say Zoltan is like the evil here. What he creates is a uh, complete blockhead. Thought that was a bit weird because it looks like the Universal monster. I mean, he's got the same head, and he has the same clunky ass shoes a little off put by that but this one is produced by uh universal this kiwi uh the actor who plays him his name is kiwi this is pretty much it um they came from a beyond space uh was again the title of that other movie that i mentioned and that is it that's that's really the only thing he was in imdb wow. just does not list anything for him but it says from 1939 to 1970 he was a professional wrestler so oh, that's uh, awesome yeah so maybe maybe i'm not familiar with him in his uh wrestling role because i'm not a wrestling fan i mean i'm a huge wrestling fan but that's but i'm more like 
the 80s 90s and like today wrestling that's a little bit before my interests so i'm not very familiar with him i know that i had read that people said that kiwi was like underused or not correct for the the role so i wonder if that has to do with what his persona was in the ring as to why people thought that do you know who the original director of this movie was supposed to be before it became Freddie Francis, the cameraman? Was it not supposed to be Ter- Terrence Fisher, right? Right. He had a car accident and was not able to direct. Uh, he had yeah. to bow out due to the accident. Um, uh, Freddie Francis was a cameraman for most of the time, and he was a cinematographer in a lot of movies we've discussed before. Criterion Collection just announced that The Elephant Man's coming out from their collection. Oh, wow. Yeah. The 1980 uh, John Hurt movie. Yeah. So he teaches the creature fire bad, food good, and at least they bring guns this time to stop the creature in the flashback, where it's usually pitch, pitchforks and torches. But yeah, they uh, they they bring the guns to uh, take this thing out, and they they do it. Yeah, he just like falls off a cliff, I guess, or freezes up there. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, when we go to the uh you know come back from the flashback and there were at the uh, the fair the little masquerade what culturally inappropriate thing do we see getting knives thrown at him oh my god some white lady dressed up as native american i, I was just holy shit were there a lot of native american uh, indians in uh, the united kingdom <laughs> On top of that, this takes place in Sweden, so it was even more confusing. Yeah, in other countries, it's not nearly as offensive. I, I don't know. I mean, someone told me that in other countries, they still do blackface, I even can't. in 2020. Oh, man. And it's like, you, we cannot police the world. And I'm like, no, we can't. And I'm sure they're not doing it a la Robert Downey Jr. in that movie. What was it called? Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> Which some people, yeah. some people, man, some people are pissed at that movie, but a lot of people I know and, and people in the black community embrace that movie for it's making fun of that horrible stereotype. Oh, yeah. That movie is I... like beloved by a lot of people because of it's like, you if you don't get the meta joke in this movie, you don't get humor and maybe you need to like be edu- more, more educated before you pick a fight over something that doesn't need to have a fight picked about. Right. I mean, that is considered one of Robert Downey Jr.'s best roles. <laughs> Him playing a black man, and then, you know, it, it's like, it's not something he wanted to do. They're not doing that. It's a movie within a movie. <laughs> right. I would get I would get if you were pissed if it was like, what's the name of the college humor movie in the 80s where the guy, the white guy went to a black college and put on blackface? Oh, I don't remember. Or, okay, how about Fisher Stevens in, uh, in Short Circuit? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, can you imagine the Big Bang Theory back in the 80s? It would have been Fisher Stevens playing Raj's character. (laughs) (laughs) What do we get to see when the Baron is looking around and sees the Burgermeister with his wife? Titties? Oh, yes. (laughs) In all caps in my notes, I just wrote, titties! Big, luscious, amazing corset that just like amplifies Karen Gardner's um, incredibly beautiful physique. Yeah, and I don't think she has a name either. And no. She's just like, wife. And she has like no lines in this movie, really. She is just there for eye candy and to be in top-heavy cleavage and to, you know, dip down a little bit in a in a, in a nighty later on. And she like does just a lot of screaming, except... <laughs> she, yeah, she, she doesn't even get a name. I mean, oh my God. If you want to talk about the most culturally inappropriate movies of all time, sometimes it's the Hammer movies. I'm, a, I'm not oh, afraid yeah. to say they're very white. 
I'm not going to get into the whole, like, why were black people cast in Hammer movies? There were less black actors in the United Kingdom than there were even in the United States at this time. I just... It's a... Oh, boy. This movie has a lot of issues in that department. Right. The biggest issue is that the two lead women in the movie, leads, quotations, don't even get names. Beggar Girl, Burgermeister's Wife. We couldn't even call them Mary uh, Felicia Hardy, whatever, or uh, just give names. You know, Sarah. That would have been fine. (laughs) She has a name. I just... in all fairness, the the other main characters don't get any names either. Policeman, priest, drunk. Yeah, that's true. It's like, no really lazy. <laughs> yeah, Zoltan has a name, and uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Hans, yeah, Zoltan and Hans, yeah. pretty much it. Uh, Frankenstein yeah. obviously gets the title card. Uh, did you watch Black Noir, by the way, on Shudder? No, I haven't yet. You should. It's very good. I, I watched it. Uh, I got up at like 6 o'clock in the morning one morning or whatever, and I, and, and I was just like, oh, oh, I'm up now. Oh, Black Noir. I want to watch that. So I watched it. That was pretty good. Um, they talk a little bit about Frankenstein, a Black Frankenstein movie. It was called Blackenstein, and huh. they, they find that movie insanely terrible like that is the worst representation of black exploitation of the 70s whereas oh, blackula is a good representation of those films of the 70s <laughs> because blackula is his is like his own character it's shot well it's a very heavy black cast it's rich black people whereas blackenstein is is really bad it's it's impossible to watch oh god yeah there is okay so what do we got here okay uh so the hypnotist man turns to frankenstein uh the hypnotist man is able to control the frankenstein monster and he uses him basically at his beck and call through the movie the redhead peasant girl then just happens to like hang around the laboratory the whole time this is what i'm talking about she's got like nothing to do she's just they're just letting her hang around because they can't she can't say anything yeah, so it's she like, can't who is she, hear, tell? she can't speak, and then she decides to be maid and nurse and every other fucking stereotype of a woman that you can imagine. Also, almost gets raped, you know. Yeah, but then he's like, ah, you're not worth it. <laughs> he literally calls her trash. <laughs> it's just like she's like living in a cave with the frozen block of the Frankenstein monster, but doesn't like try to tell anybody. It's like, I don't get what that whole plot line is of like living with the block of ice. That's the Frankenstein monster. It doesn't, I, it okay you i get you can't talk and people treat you badly but i'm i'm pretty sure you could have gotten what what are you doing with this block of creature i don't get yeah, it she like mumbles to it or, or attempts to talk to it i don't i have no idea yeah so they failed to bring him back sort of basically he comes back but he doesn't have a mind so they need the hypnotist to wake him up I I was really weirded out by that. I was, so he comes back and he's like brain dead, I guess. But I so when I watched don't that you section, need a brain they, in order to be controlled by hypnotism. Well, when I watched that section, I was fairly certain that Zoltan was a charlatan and that it was obviously all staged for him to make money. But apparently, he really is a hypnotist and he really does control people's minds. And I was just like what what (laughs) so apparently the made for tv version 
not the made-for-TV version. The TV broadcast of this movie, excuse me, had 13 additional minutes of footage added to the film. Oh, wow. I only got to see the DVD version that comes in an eight-pack with seven other Hammer movies. I wasn't able to get the uh, Scream Factory Blu-ray uh, that had has actually just came came out as of like a month ago. Uh, today, it, it, is, it has been out. So... Uh, that that's fairly recent. I'm wondering if the uh, Screen Factory Blu-ray has, um, you know, like two cuts of the movie on it, which I'm looking up yeah. right now. Um, also, this creature reminds me of like the putty creatures from Power Rangers. He's got like, <laughs> oh yeah, he's got like a clay putty face. So yeah, I would say all I could think was I don't think this movie was meant to be ever watched in high definition because his makeup is not good. Okay, so it says a 4K scan of the film, an audio commentary with filmmaker, film historian Constantine Nasser, the men who made Hammer, Freddie Francis, so in a uh, bio of Freddie Francis, which is really cool, an interview with the assistant director William P. Cartilage, an interview with Katie Wilde. Oh, this might be worth picking up because of that just alone yeah. to find out, yeah. you know, how did you feel about being this deaf mute? peasant girl in the movie that doesn't do anything the making of the evil of frankenstein with uh interviews with wayne kinsley karen gardner hugh harlow pauline harlow peter cushing and don mingay uh and a interview with karen gardner so some of these are carryovers oh and it does have the tv version of the evil of frankenstein from the best okay. available 16 millimeter print so this might actually be worth picking up to check out some of these uh bonus materials yeah and there's also uh, TV commercials for the TV... Wait, Tales of Frankenstein TV pilot? I wonder what that is. That's interesting. Yeah. That's on the uh, bonus features for this movie, which, man, that's a lot of bonus materials for this movie. Hmm. Yeah, and I was just reading what the actual 13 extra minutes is. is basically an entire elaboration of the deaf girl's plot. Like, oh. it's just why she is the way she is. Why the fuck would they cut that? time wow. maybe yeah wow yeah because it, it basically it tells that why she is deaf and mute and it's a flashback showing her being traumatized by the monster as a little girl and by because of her trauma she becomes deaf and mute and then her dad is a drunk and someone tells her that she could use psychological help and that she could get better so that's what's in the uh, maybe that's why she was talking to him in the ice if that's why um she's mute so the plot line for this pilot that's a bonus material on the blu-ray man i really gotta buy this blu-ray dr frankenstein has just finished rebuilding his creation but the monster is unresponsive he needs to try something different to make it work perhaps some new parts enter a terminally ill sculptor and his assertive wife hmm interesting yeah Wow, that sounds kind of cool. That is, again, that's a lot of... You get the two versions of the movie with this Blu-ray as well as this uh, unaired pilot to a uh, TV series that didn't get picked up. Yeah, that so, sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. They use the hypnotist to wake up the monster badly. Uh, <laughs> the hypnotist then controls him and uses him to go after gold where he kills the Burgermeister at, later on and one of the constables. Uh, he doesn't kill the Burgermeister's wife, I think. Uh, no, because she's seen later talking right. to the chief of police. Okay, so she does have some lines. Yeah. Okay. Um, she, she like, cries her lines. It wasn't a man. It was a monster. And I think that's it. <laughs> the police don't believe the story whatsoever, and the professor uses the monster uh, to 
basically kind of be his servant. All the while, it doesn't seem like Frankenstein or Hans is paying attention to this whatsoever. It's like, what what are they doing while uh, Zoltan is using the, the, the creature to do whatever he wants? From what I could gather, he's only doing that stuff at night. And I, shockingly, I guess uh, Frankenstein has a pretty regular sleep schedule. I would think that someone like him would work like all hours, but something. I guess he sleeps. Frankenstein is aware of the murders and thinks, "Oh no, it's time to leave again. We got to pack up and create a whole new life with a whole new name, kind of like Bruce Banner in the Incredible Hulk TV series." But the professor doesn't want to do that, so he orders the monster to kill Frankenstein. And apparently there is a uh, a goof in the movie, and I caught it too before I even read about it, that when Frankenstein throws the keros- the uh, the the lantern at the creature, he's covering himself in kerosene and not catching on fire. But the but the lantern is lit and it's like is the lantern lit with like a light bulb possibly and the what he's spilling on himself is water maybe? <laughs> I hope oh wow, yeah. I didn't notice that one. I noticed a different little issue um in, in the last of us part two uh and i think this was in the last of us and i also believe this is in the uh other naughty dog game series uh uncharted every time you light a Molotov cocktail but you don't want to use it let's say you just like you accidentally select it but you don't need to use it so then you select a different weapon you you can see the character with the lit Molotov cocktail putting it back into the backpack. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you continue going on, and I'm watching Ellie do this and going, shouldn't she be catching on fire? Because <laughs> <laughs> I did it over and over again, and she just puts it right back in her backpack. <laughs> in, that, in, that, in that void, that black hole that characters could just pull weapons out of their anus from, that you just yeah, see them put it that. behind them. Now, sometimes <laughs> you see, oh, look, the axe is hanging off the belt. That's fine. There's a gun holster. The weapons are on the back. I mean, in one character in Days Gone, the motorcycle uh, rider guy. Um, okay, I love the game. Oh, okay, great. Uh, Sam Witwer, right? And uh, I finally beat it, and I was, like, so happy with the ending. And then I got all the extra little endings. I got, like, the graveyard scene. I got the Ripper girl coming back. I was like, oh, she saved my life, even though she looks like yeah. hell right now. And then I finally meet up with O'Brien, and I'm just like, <laughs> oh, my God, O'Brien is one of them. That is so cool. That yeah. is a great epilogue. But I love the oh, fact yeah. that Joel, that, uh, Joel, sorry, not Joel, but uh, whatever his name is, he found his wife. He finds Sarah. Everything's happy. I love it. I know. They, I love it when they go I, to her old job and then they have to like hunker down for the night in the cabin. Oh. I really that game got a lot of shit when it came out, and I I really liked it. Why? That that's a great game. It's long, oh, but that's yeah. a great game, and it has a great voice actor too. Sam Witwer is amazing once again. If you don't know who Sam Witwer is, he's Darth Maul in in, in Clone Wars and Rebels. Oh yeah, yeah. We need a good Frankenstein game because there are some garbage Frankenstein games out there. <laughs> I think the last Frankenstein game was like for the PC or something, or he's like a character that pops up in, you know, one of the Castlevania games. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. There's a Mary Shelley's Frankenstein game, and I've heard the worst things about it. I've never played it. The monster tries to the monster killed the constable and the professor. Hans finds the deaf girl and the monster together after Frankenstein is arrested by the police for the murders that he doesn't commit. And then he escapes against the worst blue screen ever. But it's not blue screen because that wasn't a thing yet. 
what is it like rotoscoping is that what they do is it like when superman flies oh yeah like a composite image yeah, yeah it's bad. oh it's so bad but he goes charging at the crowd behind them it's like how the hell did he get oh that's right they went out to go find the monster and he's back at their prison okay that makes sense after he chloroforms a guard because frankenstein always has chloroform on him the uh the girl tries to make the monster feel better but the monster decides to commit suicide after trashing the lab killing him and frankenstein in the process and what's the last thing that han says i couldn't catch it it didn't sound very well it was yeah it was something because i always watch with subtitles on but it was like uh he said something along the lines of i guess like they have one after all because frankenstein earlier makes a um makes a statement that he won't be beaten by them right he has a bit of a meltdown about the whole thing i have in my notes that alcoholism has <laughs> i was like it's okay creature alcoholism is the downfall of many a man it happens everyone you know frankenstein uh earlier in the film is says we should have we should have had champagne champagne yeah. would much be better for this occasion <laughs> the yeah uh, i don't get the, why i sorry. don't get why uh alcohol threw him into a fucking rage but whatever i guess <laughs> the burgermeister is played by david hutchison and uh nothing of his comes to uh comes across to me of anything i have seen before going through his whole imdb yeah no he's a uh, kind of an unknown to me we have duncan lamont who plays the chief of police another actor you know it's great to learn about who these actors are so I can find out who they they are one day, but he was yeah. Dan Galloway on Death of the Daleks parts 1, 2, 3, and 4 on Doctor Who in 1974, so oh, cool. whatever Doctor that was. I'm not very knowledgeable of the Doctors before Christopher Eccleston, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Eccleston was my entry to the Doctors, which was probably a lot of people's entry to yeah, the modern-day Doctors. Yeah, I too. Yeah. Uh, I was at the gym in 2006, and I was the only person in the gym. It was one of those like 24-hour gyms that's open all the time. And yeah, yeah. Uh, the commercial came on Sci-Fi Channel because I was watching Sci-Fi Channel saying, uh, stay tuned next for the premiere of Doctor Who. And I'm like, <laughs> really? Like, they they brought that back? And I was just like, okay. That trailer looked pretty cool. And I started <laughs> watching it. I was like, oh, my God, this is so awesome. I'm totally going to get into this. I, I could be like Rose, you know. And it was just like that was just a really well done gateway into that show. Oh, yeah. The writer of this movie is Anthony Hines, and he also wrote The Curse of Frankenstein. So we have talked about him before, and he was a producer of the 1960s uh, Phantom of the Opera. But uh, he also wrote Godzilla vs. the Wolfman. <laughs> interesting godzilla versus wolfman consists of a wolfman uh werewolf appearing in japan which becomes irradiated and grows to enormous size this giant wolfman encounters godzilla in the countryside and the two monsters battle what the fuck is this movie and why have i never seen it or heard of it before yeah it sounds amazing <laughs> it's got a it's got a cast of like two yeah, because you all, you also have that awesome Godzilla collection with the cool art book, right? right? Yeah, yeah, that's not in not that collection. Yeah, either. this that that yeah. that movie is not in this collection. But there are photos of on IMDb of Godzilla and a, a guy wearing a coronavirus mask and mm -hmm. this creature that doesn't look like a werewolf holding Godzilla's tail. Mm -hmm. The cast list doesn't even list who plays Godzilla. <laughs> How bizarre. And then there's a picture of Nicolas Cage holding up a poster of Godzilla fighting the Wolfman. <laughs> oh, it's what a universal. The hell? Uh, oh, no. He also 
<laughs> There's a Frankenstein meets Wolfman as well. Is, is this one of those things where, do you remember there was a movie called like Godzilla versus Frankenstein? Oh, there was? I actually don't know. Yeah, there's a couple Frankenstein Japanese monster movies where <laughs> the Frankenstein monster grows really big and fights Baragon, <laughs> which is where Baragon comes from, if you yeah. if you know that creature from the Godzilla mythos. So there's a couple, there's some weird Frankenstein Japanese movies. Those should probably be covered on a kaiju podcast, which we are not, because um, there are yeah. so many of those. And there's plenty <laughs> of Godzilla podcasts out there. That's all the notes I have here for the evil Frankenstein. I'm going to tell you right now, I kind of hated this movie. Yeah, that's all the notes I really had, too. And, um, yeah, it was not the best one. I usually think the Frankenstein movies are pretty great because Peter Cushing is excellent. But this one was really weak. Yeah. Also, I guess he exploded at the end. Right. So we're going to have to keep in mind that he exploded at the end of this movie. How does he come back in the next movie? <laughs> The IMDb, the uh, Rotten Tomatoes score for this movie are all pretty terrible, too. Yeah, it's just not great. For the first half, the latest Frankenstein go-round has a succulent pull and curious uh, dignity. The picture begins to say something about superstition and hypocrisy. Then it simply goes hog-wild, monster gets drunk, and heads for the ash heap in a, a giant explosion of, uh, of stupidity, according to Variety. <laughs> i feel like that's pretty accurate yeah this is actually considered to be one of the worst of the sorry one of the uh worst this is considered to be one of the top 10 worst hammer movies ever made wow and i'm that assuming that beats out something. the fact that there is a rape scene coming up in one of the other movies which a lot of people <laughs> didn't like so Interesting. if this beats that <laughs> wow. yeah but that scene we're going to get into when we, when we get there, because that was a shoehorn in scene by the studio. God. Yeah, that was a last minute, like, oh, okay, we need something more. How about if he rapes her? Of course. <gasps> of course. <laughs> the Hammer, uh, the Hammer, the Warner years, it, it's covered on that in that documentary. Veronica oh, okay. Carlson uh, talks about it, because she was not happy doing it either. Neither was Peter Cutching. They talk about how they wanted to mirror the Jack Pierce Universal monster um, as much as they could with the flathead that he gave Boris Karloff, which is something that uh, was a uh, copyright problem between Universal and Hammer. So Hammer respectively didn't do it, but they were able to um, have free reign in getting it done after Universal loosened their uh, grip on it a little bit. Well, yeah, and I, this movie is distributed by Universal, so they could pretty much do what they wanted. But I, Correct. I feel like it's it distributed, was a- but not made, so they still had to right. have a little bit of like, okay, you can't right. completely make it look like Boris Karloff, but if you wanted to homage Boris Karloff, we're not going to sue the pants off of you because we're going <laughs> to stick it in all of our American theaters. So. If you want to check out the rest of the amazing reviews that we do here, as well as the other fantastic reviews on the Dorkening Network, such as The Strange Show and Super Retro uh, Throwback Review and The Dorkening's own uh, and uh, The Token Dead and all the other great shows, check out thedorkening.com, where we are as well. And you can find us on Radio of Horror on Facebook for any updates about this podcast. We don't have social media for this podcast because I run a bunch of social media for a bunch of other things, and this would just, just, it's just one more thing to run. But you can find us on our individual Twitters at Christy SAV. And you can find me at Ro Lauren, and that's R-O-L-0-R-E-N. Or you can send us an email, thatradiohorror at gmail.com, with any corrections, comments you have to make about the Hammer Horror Podcast. Maybe there's a tidbit of information that we didn't cover. Again, we didn't watch that Blu-ray that came out from Screen Factory, and I'm sure that had a lot of bonus material on it. That Blu-ray also was $32.99 upon release, so... 
I was waiting for the price to come down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I am going to be picking up the Jane Seymour Frankenstein movie, Frankenstein, The True Story. Oh, cool. Yeah. And uh, Jane Seymour, always a win. If you would, thank you for joining us for this episode of hey, Boobs, Blood, and Badasses. Oh, we uh, g- we have to give our rewards out, too. Oh, okay, so our yes. boobs go to the Burgermeister's wife. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the blood, uh, it's kind of sparse. Yeah, there wasn't. It was just kind of on uh, the creature's hands, and that was it. Yeah. The laboratory had some cool body organ stuff, like the heart and everything. Yeah. But not really gruesomely bloody. No. And then who would you award the badass to in this movie? Because everyone's performance is kind of lackluster. Yeah. Wow. Probably the creature. <laughs> he actually does something. Yes. He let's give it to the people. creature. Yeah. Yep. All right. So the creature gets the badass award in this movie. Thank you, everybody. Come back in a couple weeks as we will be covering the next film of the Frankenstein Hammer series on Boobs, Blood, and Badasses, the Hammer Horror Podcast. Yay. <laughs> <laughs>